Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! A rainy Tuesday and postseason baseball. Does that mean summer is officially over? I'm not ready to go there yet, but it's getting close, and that means fall is upon us. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television, no matter how you're tuning in. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. A ton of stuff to get to today, including some free stuff for you. The Missoula Paddleheads. Or into the playoffs. They posted a 6-2 victory in the first game of the first round of the playoffs. They're back at home beginning tonight. Or excuse me, beginning tomorrow. That's Wednesday. And then they have an if necessary game on Thursday. I got six pairs of tickets to tomorrow night's game. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be giving you opportunities to go watch the Missoula Paddleheads uh, against the uh, Billings Mustangs in the Pioneer League Championship playoffs. And the winner of this series... For the North, will then go on to the uh, overall Pioneer League Championship. So the Paddleheads have had a banner year yet again. Uh, they are basically two for two in their existence as the Paddleheads. So we have a ton of uh, baseball tickets coming up. We also have Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us in studio uh, here in about oh, 90 minutes. He'll be coming by about 530 so very much look forward to catching up with uh, Jeff as well. Uh, been a little while since we've seen our guy, but he's done a great job calling the Paddleheads, and they've had so many more wins than losses. It's been crazy. Other stuff in the show today, uh, we're going to have a heavy high school flavor. We're going get, to get you all the way around the wide world of sports uh, in the high school level uh, throughout the state of Montana. Got a full football update for you. Got a prep soccer update for you. 
Got a prep cross-country update for you. Got a prep volleyball update for you. So we'll get through as many of those scores and uh, results as we possibly can. It's also a Tuesday, which means we have our Treasure State Stars for the week. And we also have our Footy 15 to round out hour number one. That's an excerpt from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast produced and executed by our guy, Andrew Houghton. And he's got a fun one this week with Cameron Salerno, who is uh, a Sacramento Bee reporter as well as a guy who covers a lot of soccer in the uh, Central California region. And he's talking about the Sacramento Republic FC making the run to the, making a run, excuse me, to the U.S. Open Cup final. A cool story. Andrew will line you out a little bit more. Second hour, a couple of our favorite contributors around here. Sam Herder from Hero Sports will jump on to talk all things FCS and Big Sky Conference football. Some big games last week, some big results last week, and now some big games coming up this upcoming week as well, which is for most teams at least around the FCS, the last week of non-conference play. So we'll hear from Sam Herter about 5 o'clock, and then uh, about 5.30, our main man Jeff Safford will swing by, and then about 5.45, we'll hear from uh, Tommy Evans, the host and curator of the new show, which is uh, on 103.3 The Trail each Tuesday uh, from 6 until 7 p.m. Um, so, Tommy, will let us know what's going on. And I also want to talk a little bit about uh, Woodstock 99. I, I've, been a, I've been loving these uh, HBO music box documentaries. We've talked about the Atlantis Morissette one. We've talked about the DMX one. Uh, here on this show, but I watched the one about Woodstock '99 the other di- the other evening, and uh, whoa! I seriously think that was like the pinnacle and also demise of the the times of the past. To think that that was 22, 23 years ago seems like it was a lifetime ago, as well as not that long ago at all. But a few things you notice watching that documentary. First of all, it's just so crazy watching a concert where there's over 250,000 people at this at this venue. It's on an Air Force base. And it's just so wild to see concerts where nobody's on their phones because there wasn't any phones. Everybody's just engaging with each other. And the way that Woodstock 99 went haywire was... Uh, everybody engaged in each other a little bit too much. <laughs> and uh, I shouldn't laugh, but, I mean, it turned into a, basically a massive riot, which was not good. But also just the energy and the way that people were moshing and throwing down at this show, it's just you couldn't replicate it now. If we had something like that now, first of all, it would be so overexposed in the amount of conversation and analysis and argument that it would start. And also, uh, I just don't know. I think that we're all a lot more embarrassed to just let loose in public this day and age. I mean, half the people in this documentary are just naked. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine a gathering of hundreds of thousands of people now where, where people would just be walking around butt naked. I it's just... And this, I mean, again, this was in the late 1990s. This isn't like the summer of love back in like the 1960s. This was relatively recently. So I, I don't know. I know Tommy has, has seen the doc, so we'll get into some of that with him 
as well. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Any and all real estate questions you might have in the world of real estate in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? ESPN Montana app is a great option, as is our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. Also, you want to be a part of the show? Call us or text us, 406 888 one zero two nine. That's eight 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 one zero two nine. And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. My studio smells great. If you're watching it on TV or on the app, I got a big stack of Buff City soap here, recorded with our great friend Carolyn earlier today, and we'll play that for you on Thursday. Uh, but this stuff is awesome, man. It, it uh, it's fragrant. In a completely natural way, I've been studying. I, I know you're like, go oh, weird. Coulter's studying something about uh, <laughs> all the things in life that are going to toxify your body. But uh, it's just what I do, man. I don't know. I just, I just, I like to read. I tend to read about things that try to make us as humans have better existences. I think that there's a lot of deception that's gone on in the world in terms of marketing and the things that we put in and put on our bodies. And it's important to have uh, some organic and non-toxic ways to make yourself smell good. And that's why I love, love this Buff City Stove. Not only does it smell delicious, but it also is made of key uh, healthy and natural, that's the key word there, uh, ingredients. So anyways, uh, that's the deal with the soap. <laughs> that's about all we got on the soap front. Working on some stuff with them to maybe get some samples and stuff for all of you out there to try. But there is baseball tomorrow uh, in Missoula for sure. Then again, maybe on Thursday, depending on what happens. But we have all sorts of tickets for you. So let's start giving them away right now. You want to go to the Missoula Paddleheads playoff game against the Billings Mustangs? Tomorrow night down there at Ogren Park at Allegiance Field, uh, we have... Two tickets for you right now if you call 406-888-1029. Caller number one, right off the top, first person to call me, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You want to go to the uh, Missoula Paddleheads game against the Billings Mustangs tomorrow, first pitch, 705. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. I will not be there only because I am on the way out of town this evening. We're headed to Portland, Oregon. Uh, for a string of remote broadcasts. We'll have some fun stuff and some fun guests as well. So very much looking forward uh, to descending upon the uh, the City of Roses. Um, we also will be doing our show. I know that there maybe is some of you out there that are listening, particularly on the Montana State side of things, but maybe there's some Portland listeners that are Grizz people as well. Either way, this is a all-inclusive uh, string of remotes that we're doing. We're going to be broadcasting from Sidelines, which is a sports bar uh, in uh, Portland on the northeast side of Portland on Wednesday. We're going to be broadcasting Thursday from the Wild Hair Saloon, which is in Oregon City, Oregon, right outside of Portland. And then on Friday... We will be broadcasting from Stadium's Sports Bar, uh, which is in Oak Grove. So if you can come to Sidelines Wednesday, the Wild Hair Saloon on Thursday, or Stadium's Sports Bar on Friday, we'd love to see you. We'll have a bunch of guests 
Uh, not sure how many people are actually going to come sit down with me live. One of the only problems about this time slot, because I know a lot of you right now are either right on your way out of work or you're driving home from work, or you know maybe you're listening to this retrospectively on the podcast with your morning workout. However you're listening, awesome. Thanks for doing it. One part about fall sports, fall sports are obviously such a huge deal. Football is back. That's one of our bread and butters here at, at ESPN Radio. But guess what? Football practice happens right now. Most fall sports practices happen right now. So to get people to come on this radio show that are the subjects, the athletes and the coaches and the media people that you want to hear from, it's oftentimes difficult. We will have a bunch of guests, just don't know how they're going to join us. Some will be joining us live in person. Some will be joining us on the phone line. Some of them will be joining us earlier in the day and we'll play those interviews for you. But regardless, on your behalf, if you want to come down and hang out, Sidelines on the northeast side of Portland on Wednesday, the Wild Hair Saloon in Oregon City on Thursday, and Stadium's Sports Bar at Oak Grove uh, in Oak Grove on Friday. We're going to have a heavy uh, Portland and Oregon State and uh, just general Oregon vibe. So it um, should be fun. And uh, if you'd like to come hang out with us, uh, please do. Congratulations to our first winner of Missoula Palettes tickets, and stay tuned. We'll have a couple more pairs for you for tomorrow night's game. That's Wednesday uh, against the Billings Mustangs. The postseason is upon us. We're into the throes of the high school football season, and now we're starting to get at least a little bit of separation. I mean, I, I wouldn't say we have full clarity, but we kind of have a little bit better of an idea of who's contenders and who's pretenders, particularly at the Class AA level. So let's dive into it. Let's dive into a little prep extra. It's presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. A team that I've been on since August, and uh, I had Kyle Mahelish, their head coach, on with us to lead our um, our high school football preview series because I, I think that this is why I always hearken back to what I'm always pounding on the table about. The, the narrative nationally at all levels of football is that if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And I, I totally agree with that narrative. But to have a quarterback to have a chance, you got to have an offensive line to give him a chance. <laughs> it, it all works in continuity, it all works symbiotically. And I knew that Helena Capital was going to be good because they have a, a program with an attitude built on toughness. They have some good athletes that they can get the ball to. But more importantly, they have a couple of the, actually a collection of the best linemen in the state. That's going to get you so far, especially at Montana high school football. And Helena Capital now is off to a 3-0 start after a 51-14 win over Kalispell Flathead. The uh, the Bruins scored 42 first-half points in the blowout, and they are now 3-0. Dylan Graham and Tom Carter each ran for two touchdowns apiece. Hayden Opitz and Lance Baumgart each added a rushing touchdown, and Gage Fothrop returned an interception 25 yards uh, for a score. So Capital continues to just plow through the competition, uh, can't wait for the collision course that both uh, Kalispell Flathead, or excuse me, that both Helena Capital and uh, Missoula Sentinel are on. 
uh, they will play later on this year in the capital city. Also, a big game coming up this week for Sentinel, the defending two-time defending state champions. They play Glacier, so that should be a good one as well. More double-A scores for you. Billing Sr. rolled uh, fellow Magic City rival in a crosstown matchup, Billing Skyview, 30 to nothing. Peyton Oakley tossed a pair of touchdown passes and ran for a third score for the Bronx. That was their first victory of the season. Hell on a high. They moved to 2-1 and one with a 41-35 win over Butte High School. Uh, Jay Stenson threw four touchdowns for the Bulldogs, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Ryan Frissinger's 30-yard pick six deter- was the uh, the go-ahead and determining score for Helena High. So um, in year one under Dane Broadhead, Helena High uh, off to a 2-1 and one start, and they're a team that is sort of moving into that that top tier, that that realm of contenders. Bozeman High School took down Great Falls High. Bozeman's had the hardest schedule in the state, but they got on the board with their first victory over a previously undefeated Great Falls High team. Rocky Lencioni had two of Bozeman's three interceptions, and he also hauled in a 15-yard touchdown pass from Jake Casagranda. Lencioni actually ended up with two picks, and uh, Bozeman, a 24-14 win over Great Falls, despite Rafe Longin uh, rushing for more than 100 yards one, once again. Rafe Longin off to a great start. He is maybe the leader in the clubhouse for AA Offensive Player of the Year right now, uh, a third of the way through the regular season. Great Falls CMR rolled up Belgrade 63-6. to to six, Excuse me, 63-6 to six CMR beats Belgrade. Cole Taylor... Uh, I guess we could say a friend of this show now because he's joined us a couple times. We'll hear from Cole Taylor later on this week, by the way. Uh, he threw five touchdown passes and ran for another, and the wrestlers had 556 yards of total offense. So uh, tough start to the season for Belgrade, a good start to the season for CMR, who moves to 2-1. Uh, and one. Mentioned Missoula Sentinel. They've now won 24 in a row after a 45-0 win over Missoula Hellgate. Adam Jones, one of the best skill guys in the state, he had uh, 10 carries for 102 yards, two touchdowns, and also caught three passes. Riley Allen, the Sentinel quarterback, threw four touchdowns and threw uh, for 280 yards all told. So overall, another dominant effort by Missoula Sentinel, who is now 3-0 this year and have won 24 straight, dating back to the beginning of the 2020 season. Billings West got on the board with their first victory, a 16-15 win over Bozeman Gallatin. Uh, Drew McDowell, uh, he threw a touchdown, and then they also got uh, four field goals. So good uh, special teams execution. Excuse me, three field goals uh, of 40, 31, and 38 yards from Jacob Cowway. Jacob uh, so hopefully I'm saying that right. But a uh, good special teams effort by Billings West gets them their first win of the year. A tough uh, opening schedule for West playing against Sentinel and playing against Capital number one and number two in the state. And then finally, your last double-A result from a week ago, Kalispell Glacier, once again, just rolling. 55-14 over Missoula Big Sky. Uh, Glacier's now averaging 30, or excuse me, 53.5 points per game. 53.5 points per game. Uh, they've been over 50 and over 60 already. Their low point total of the year is 42 points uh, that they scored in week two. So the Glacier offense definitely humming along. Gage Slider, he continues his 
outstanding start to his senior season. Three touchdown passes and ran for a fourth. So the Wolfpack, uh, as advertised, um, a team that Grady Bennett thought they could really move the ball through the air with a veteran quarterback, and that's exactly what they've done uh, so far uh, in this young season. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana Apples. Look at some Class A scores. Columbia Falls looks like a true contender in Class A. They rolled up Ronan 44-16. to Cody Schweikert, who I have to imagine is uh, related to, if not the son of Jackson Schweikert, who's the head coach there at Columbia Falls. He threw four touchdowns, and Reggie Sapa rushed for 106 yards for the Wildcats as they remained unbeaten. Schweikert also rushed for two scores as well, so that Columbia Falls offense uh, is really rolling right now. Whitefish defeated Butte Central 34-20. to Finn Ridgeway scored three touchdowns to lead the, the charge for Whitefish. Polson remained undefeated. They moved to 3-0 with a 36-13 win over East Helena. Pirates are running the air raid. And Jarrett Wilson, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the state. We heard from Marty Mornaweg, longtime NFL coach and a guy who hosts a high school quarterback camp each summer for some of the best players in the state of Montana. He, uh, Marty's really impressed with Jarrett Wilson. And uh, so am I. I mean, Wilson was lights out last year. He had an enormous junior year, and he's keeping up, if not surpassing that pace so far here as a senior. He threw five touchdowns for Polson in that win over East Helena. Here's some Class B scores for you. Malta beat Red Lodge 20-0. to uh, Cameron Mears rushed for 118 yards uh, for Malta in the victory. Florence, they're doing it both offensively and defensively. They pitched their second shutout of the year already, and they moved to 3-0 uh, as the defending Class B state champions get uh, three touchdowns on the ground from Pat Duchesne, their senior quarterback, and he also threw a scoring pass to Brody Hinsdale, and, and Florence Carlton beats Cutbank 37-0. to So a uh, great start to the season for Florence once again after they went undefeated a year ago. And uh, Townsend, another one of the, the top contenders in Class B, they took Florence down to the wire last week before falling just short uh, they come back out, and they respond in a big way with a 35-6 win over three forks. Ryan Rocked tossed three touchdowns and ran for two more as fifth-ranked Townsend handed the third-ranked Wolves their first loss of the season. So that was probably your Class B game of the week a week ago. And uh, the Townsend Bulldogs, Broadwater County, for those keeping track at home, uh, they get a big win. In Class C, eight-man Drummond Phillipsburg, that's the Flint Creek Co-op. They defeated Lone Peak 50-19. to Cascade rolled Deer Lodge 52-14. Deer Lodge play in Class C for the first time after moving down from Class B. Arlie and Darby got into a good one, but a two-point conversion from Caden Ostby from Kendall O'Neill in the fourth quarter was the difference as Arlie posts a 22-20 victory uh, over Darby. Superior, they are running that sweet spread offense, and they throw the ball all over the place, and they are doing it with great proficiency as they uh, are now 3-0 and after a 78-26 to win over Troy. So they just really let it rip. Let's take a look at some prep soccer quickly here during your prep extra. It's presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank's been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Billing Central, they are a bona fide dynasty uh, at the Class A level. They are always competitive. Them and Laurel seem to be all the way down to the wire in the mix for the Class A state championship every year. 
uh, in girls soccer. And uh, Billing Central, they defeated Lone Peak 6-2 to two over the weekend. Abby, Der- Der- Abby Derbyshire excuse me, had three goals for Billing Central to lead the way. Amaya Lorash added a pair of goals for Billing Central. Billing Skyview, um, they've been very good in recent years as well. And they're off to a good start again. A 5-0 win over Belgrade. Ray Smart led the way for Skyview with a pair of goals. And then in a crosstown matchup, Billings Senior and Billings West, they tied uh, 2-2. In a little Bitterroot Valley action, Corvallis got past Stevensville 1-0 in girls' soccer. Hamilton beat Helena uh, 10-0 in girls' soccer. And Kalispell Glacier uh, rolled past Butte 10-0. Reagan Brizendine from Kalispell Glacier had six, count them, six goals. Now, Andrew Houghton, our uh, producer in the back, uh, and also the uh, the mastermind behind the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, I have some homework for you. You got to see if that is a a state record. Six goals in one match by one person isn't a, that is a crazy number, right? Even in high school girls' soccer. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, six goals as a team is amazing, but just to have one player get six, I mean, it, that, that takes an, am- an amazing effort, but also like a certain amount of luck, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to be in the right place at the right time, and it takes a little bit, I think, of the team setting up to play that way and to get you that many chances, right? For sure. Uh, we'll continue our um, soccer coverage for you here in a little while. Footy 15 excerpt coming up from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast, so stay tuned for that. A couple other uh, prep results. Billing Senior is playing really well r- right now. Um, under under one of the youngest head coaches at any level of high school sports in the state, uh, in Nicole Badbear. She is the older sister of Cola Badbear, and she uh, is a Billing Senior alum, just 22 years old. But Billing Senior, they got past Great Falls CMR, who's the defending state champions, uh, last season, and they also swept Great Falls High. So good, uh, good start to the year there under Coach Bad Bear for Billings Senior, and uh, we'll try to round up some more prep volleyball results for you. As it get, it's a little easier to get to a real gauge on it. When they get to the portion of the season where they're playing in some invites and some tournaments and stuff like that, uh, just the the Tuesday matchups, it's a little hard to gauge uh, just you know what all of that means. Last thing for a little cross country action as we round out our prep extra here, the Belgrade Invitational took place over the weekend, and what do you know, Bozeman High kept on keeping on. Bozeman High's boys they won the uh, Belgrade Invite with a low score of 39 compared to Bozeman Gallatin, 61. Billings West was third with 77 points. Weston Brown, the top uh, runner in that race, got under 16 minutes, which is a very good time here early in the season. Nathan Neal of Bozeman was second uh, at 15.58, so also under 16 minutes. And then Carl Steckelberg, who's one of the top returning runners in the state out of Bozeman Gallatin, uh, he also uh, got on the podium with a third-place finish. So pretty decent times there out the gates early in the season. On the girls' side, Billings West was first, Bozeman was second, and Bozeman Gallatin was third. And uh, the, the top honor in the girls' Belgrade Invitational goes to Taylee Chirik, who was one of the top athletes in the state in track and field a year ago. Uh, impressive that she's doing cross-country as well. She was more of a middle distance in uh, the spring. So for her to be posting you know, meet-winning cross-country times, uh, a testament to her endurance as well. And there was also a 
quite a gathering for Class A teams at the Harden Invitational over the weekend. The Harden girls, utterly dominant. They scored 22 points. Haver was second at 84. So Harden had uh, one, two, three, four, five girls in the top six and seven girls in the top ten. So you can only start seven in varsity cross country, and Harden put all seven of their gals in the top ten. Karis Brightwings Pease was the top runner at 19 minutes and 46 seconds at that one. And then on the boys' side of the Harden invite, Livingston was first, Harden second, Laurel third, and uh, the medalist honors the only runner under 17 minutes. Grayson Pacino of Billings Central, he was at 16 minutes and 48 seconds. So um, thanks for following along. Thanks to Farmer State Bank for their continued support uh, of our prep extra coverage as we took you all the way around the world of high school sports in the state of Montana. How about some more of the best individual performances from the state? Not a repeat of what we just did. Other people to talk about as well, Treasure State Stars. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Oh, man, I want them in Montana so bad. Rise against. Give it to me, please. They'd just be such a hit, too. I know they would. I know there's other people out there that love that. uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. Post-grunge, sort of apocalyptic-type music. I I, I watched this Woodstock 99 doc, and so I'm just in a a mosh pit type of mood. Funny when you're talking about then uh, most of the show being about high school kids and high school sports, but you know that's just the way it goes. Actually, that's not true. We're having some high school stuff here coming up in Treasure State Stars, and then we're going to get into some college stuff as well. But here nor there, welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN Montana app. If you're watching, you see how bald I am. This is the most bald I've been in my life, I think. Uh, Thanks to Jason down at Compass Barbershop for getting me all slicked up and cleaned up before I uh, head on out to the West Coast. Appreciate it. And uh, if you need yourself a haircut, head on down to Compass Barbershop right there on uh, Higgins, uh, right next to the Hip Strip, right next to the Roxy, actually exactly right next door to the Roxy Theater there in downtown Missoula. Let's dive into our Treasure State Stars, but before we do... We have six pairs of tickets. Actually, I guess five now because we had a lucky winner 
to Wednesday night's game against the Missoula Paddleheads. Against the Missoula Paddleheads? No, the Missoula Paddleheads against the building's Mustangs. If you want to go, 7.05, first pitch. Paddleheads won last night, 6-2, to two, and uh, have a chance to close out the Mustangs and go to the championship series of the Pioneer League playoffs. So if you want to go watch this postseason action... Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number one. We got a pair of tickets for you to the Missoula Paddleheads, Billings Mustangs, Pioneer League playoff game on um, Wednesday night, 7.05, Ogren Park at Allegiance Field. Church State Stars presented this week like it is each week. By Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. During the Montana football hour yesterday, we put a high emphasis on analyzing Montana and the Big Sky Conference and not much on Montana State versus Moorhead State because what do you really say about a 63-13 to game in which Montana State was missing a variety of its top playmakers, yet still just utterly cruised to a win. That said, there was a couple special and uh, one you'd even say potentially historic moment. I, mean, I started Skyline Sports. My brother Brooks and I started Skyline Sports in 2014. And um, during the Skyline Sports era, the last eight seasons of covering college football, Montana State has not had a punt return for a touchdown in the Skyline era, which is crazy. But also shows you how hard it is to take a punt back for a touchdown. Well, that streak was broken on Saturday. Taco Dowler, a true freshman out of Billings West High School, took one to the house for Montana State. Their first since Sean Johnson took a punt to the house against Montana back in the Kakaroos game in 2013. So, um, Taco Dowler... Not only our number one Treasure State star this week for Montana State, but also the Big Sky Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. So uh, we kind of glossed over that yesterday, but credit where credit is due. And uh, he is off to an outstanding start to his freshman year. I think that he has great confidence, great swagger, and uh, he certainly looks like he belongs not only from an athleticism standpoint. I think that part we already knew to be true as the reigning Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. But also, Taco Dollars looks like he belongs because of his the way he carries himself. I think he, he's, he's ready to embrace the challenge of Division I football. Charter State star number two, it's Brandon Riley of the Missoula Paddleheads. He hit a leadoff home run for the Paddleheads to spark a 6-2 victory. He's one of the most well-known names on this Paddleheads roster, a guy that was a returner from last year's Pioneer League Championship team, an outstanding two-way center fielder. He's their leadoff hitter. He brings a little pop to the leadoff spot, and uh, he also is outstanding defensively as well. He's been a stalwart and been one of the most important players on the Paddlehead since they transitioned their franchise over from the Missoula Osprey. Uh, so Brandon Riley, that spark that he gave Missoula, has them now one win away from uh, getting into the uh, the Pioneer League uh, Championship Series. On that note, it seems like these are a hot commodity right now. we got six pairs, so let's keep giving them away. 
On the Missoula Paddleheads note, we got two tickets for you to the Paddleheads versus the Billings Mustangs. Wednesday night, 7.05, first pitch, Ogren Park at Allegiance Field. An elimination game if the Paddleheads win. Call us right now for tickets, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number one. We got two more tickets for you to the Missoula Paddleheads versus the Billings Mustangs Wednesday night. Uh, keep those calls coming, and uh, we appreciate you engaging. And uh, also best of luck uh, to the Paddleheads and the Mustangs on Wednesday in that postseason game. Treasure State star number th- three. How about the quartet of Hall of Famers now uh, for the University of Montana? They had their Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Friday night, and uh, they were able to honor... Four outstanding members of the uh, Grizz Athletic Department family. Blaine Taylor, one of our favorite guys around here, a guy who was a legendary coach for the University of Montana in the 1990s, helped lead the Grizzlies to, I believe, three NCAA tournaments and won multiple Big Sky Conference championships, but also one of Missoula's favorite sons, a Hellgate alum that was a star for the Grizzlies as a player and then was an assistant in Missoula, uh, under uh, Mike Montgomery and Stu Morrill, a, a guy that was Mr. Missoula for a long time, and uh, his life has then led him to other stops, including as the head coach at Old Dominion and uh, as an assistant at Stanford for Mike Montgomery on a couple Final Four teams, and then most recently an assistant on Russ Turner's staff at UC Irvine. But Blaine Taylor uh, into the Montana Hall of Fame, as was uh, he was part of the insane induction class that included Scott McGowan, who was an outstanding uh, track and field athlete at Montana, and Lake Roush, who was a, a great Lady Grizz uh, during her playing career, the 1994 Big Sky Conference MVP, and a subject on our uh, Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops Where Are They Now series from the summer. So I uh, appreciate Anne for, for jumping in here into the studio and telling great stories with us. If you want to find that interview, you can find it on uh, the Nuanas Now podcast, Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. And uh, you can just search Ann Lake Roush, R-A-U-S-C-H. You'll find that great interview. And then Thatcher Slay rounded out the UM Hall of Fame class. So congratulations to all four of those fine folks. Blaine, Ann, and Thatcher have all uh, been people that I have crossed paths with and interviewed. Uh, had the pleasure of interviewing during my uh, journalism career. So um, congratulations to them for the, uh, the awesome accomplishment of making it into the University of Montana Athletics Hall of Fame. Treasure State star number four, it's Missoula's Eric Nell. He carded a 54-hole score of six under par. That's 210 strokes total during the three-day Montana Open Golf Tournament, which concluded Sunday at the Larchmont Golf Course uh, here in Missoula. Nell, who also won the Larchmont Club Championship in mid-July, he had a hole-in-one on Saturday, so that'll get you a little bit of a uh, boost up. But the Montana Open goes to Eric Nell uh, of here uh, in Missoula at Larchmont. So congratulations to him. And then Treasure State star number five. This is courtesy of uh, Andrew Houghton, who uh, has been, I don't know, I don't know if we can say moonlighting because it's more like uh, starring as uh, a new contributor for the Grizz women's soccer program, doing some play-by-play and some color. And he was on the call uh, this last weekend. So, Andrew, give us give us the scoop. This highlight uh 
dare I say, went viral, or at least it was getting a lot of traction on social media. So uh, give us the scoop of what's going on with Grizz Soccer and also uh, who we're highlighting here in our Treasure State Stars. Treasure State Star is Mesa Walters, the New Mexico transfer originally from Billings, who's coming into the team this year. I'm sure you've seen the highlight by now. It's going around all the social media. A brilliant backheel goal to open the scoring for the Grizz against Fresno State on Sunday. I was on the call for that game alongside my main man, Jackson Wagner. He was doing play-by-play. I was doing color, and we were both shocked. None of us really, Neither of us really had any idea how to describe this goal, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Cross coming in from the right, she lets it go past her and flicks it past the goalkeeper with the back of her right heel. Incredible technique, incredible audacity and daring to think of and try to pull something like that off. It's one of the better goals that I've seen. I've seen similar goals, but I wasn't expecting that to happen at that exact moment. Mesa Walters' first goal in a Montana Grizzlies uniform. She's starting to settle in. I thought she had a really good game on Sunday. It was the best I've seen her. And aside from just opening her scoring record at the University of Montana, she's got four assists in the Montana Grizzlies' eight games, which is currently tops in the Big Sky Conference. So the transfer from New Mexico, she's been to the NCAA tournament a couple times with the Lobos. She's a big piece coming in for the Grizz this year. She's really starting to fit in. So Treasure State star, Treasure State star number five, Mesa Walters of the Grizzly soccer team. We're going to keep on the soccer note with our footy 15, an excerpt from the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Andrew Houghton, Cameron Salerno, talking about one of the great runs in the world of soccer in recent months. That's next. Keep it right here. Footy 15 presented by Flanagan Motors. Next, it's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. I always get stuck <laughs> on these these single subjects, but uh, if, you, if you get a chance, if you're an HBO person, go watch the Music Box documentary about Woodstock 99. There's so much more than just a crazy music festival. It, that in itself is crazy, but just comparing to the times that we live in now, man, the world changes a lot in... in Actually, a relatively short amount of time. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Well, it was a busy summer of soccer, which we've tried our best to keep you updated with here on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. But one story that I thought fell way under the radar this summer and into the early fall was the U.S. Open Cup underdog run of Sacramento Republic FC the USL team that made it all the way to the U.S. Open Cup final and just fell 3-0 in the final to Orlando City of the MLS on Wednesday. What a great story to follow. What a fun story to follow. I watched their last couple games in the U.S. Open Cup, and it's sort of a unique thing. It's almost like a underdog Cinderella making a run in the NCAA basketball tournament, but the U.S. Open Cup, you throw... All the teams in the United States together, amateur teams can play their way into this. Lower division teams can play their way deep into this tournament. And Sacramento Republic nearly pulled off the run of a lifetime. So that's what we're talking about today on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. I am Andrew Houghton, presenting Soccer and Snow and Smoke here, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. And joining me to talk a little bit about Sacramento Republic FC's run to the U.S. Open Cup final it's our friend and colleague Cameron Salerno from down in Sacramento at the Sacramento Bee. 
a guy who I have gotten to know on the internet a little bit because he covers Sac State football and UC Davis football actually is down there as well. So a couple of our partners in the Big Sky Conference. But he also got a little bit up close and personal with the Sacramento Republic FC run. Cameron, thanks so much for taking the time today. Andrew, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, like you said, I think you made a great comparison. It kind of was like that Cinderella March Madness run and how cool, it was so cool to experience. I mean, as someone who's grown up in Sacramento my entire life, I mean, I, I haven't really been able to see the Kings be good. I mean, when they were really good, I was I was like two years old, so I don't remember any of that, unfortunately. But, I mean, I got to be at the game when they played Sporting Kansas City, and it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to. I mean, I would say it's probably second to some 49ers games I covered, but, I mean, just the you could feel the, the electricity in the air. I mean, how cool was that? Just, I mean, I mean, you probably got to watch the game but on TV, but it was so much different in person. I mean, you could just feel the crowd. I mean, it was the last uh, the last 30 or so minutes when they went to overtime in the last few minutes of, um, of uh, regular time. I mean, it was just electric. I mean, everyone was on their seat or on their feet, and everyone was nervous. So I think the coolest moment was when – Danny uh, Vitello saved the PK and everyone went crazy. And then they called it off and they said he went over the line, but he ended up saving the um, PK uh, four or two or three shots later. Um, Graham, Graham Zuzi, who's a former U S national team player. And I mean, Oh my goodness. I mean, when he saved that shot, everyone lost their minds. And then just the, how, how everything played out with Rodrigo Lopez, who's, who's the most notable player in club history. I mean, he, he was the first player they ever got in 2014 when they became a USL team. For him to hit the PK was just magical. And I, I know they fell to Orlando, but they played him very tough the first 70 minutes and had two mistakes, and, I mean, that cost them multiple. Yeah, let's put this run in a little bit of context here. The U.S. Open Cup, as the, as the name implies, is an open competition. Any any team in the United States can enter this competition, and it's it's normally dominated by MLS teams. MLS teams have won the U.S. Open Cup, I believe, every year except one since the MLS became a thing. But you have teams from all over the country, from all the lower divisions, who can play their way into the U.S. Open Cup. And if you keep winning, you're going to be playing against a, a lot of MLS teams as you get further into the tournament, and so MLS, the top league, top soccer league in the United States, and then the USL is sort of the league underneath that, and that's where Sacramento Republic plays. And that's sort of what the context is. They had a, a good run. I mean, early in the U.S. Open Cup, lower division teams are playing other lower division teams. But once Sacramento got to the round of 16, it was all MLS teams. I believe they beat San Jose Earthquakes 2-0, beat the yep. Galaxy... 2-1 in the quarterfinals, and then that great game that went to penalties against Sporting Kansas City in the semifinals, which you're talking about, which Sacramento Republic won on penalties, which was one of the, the better games that I've seen this year, maybe the best game that I've seen this year, and that was in Sacramento. Just how big of an event was that in the city? Well, what was really cool is the California State Fair was going on, which for people who are unfamiliar, uh they play at Cal Expo where that's where the state fair is held every year. And so the backdrop of the state fair while the game was going on, I mean, you could see just all the rides in the background and it was packed. I mean, it took me like 
probably 20 or 30 minutes to actually even get into the stadium. And I mean, it normally takes me like five minutes. So there's some context there, but I mean, everyone obviously wasn't there for the Sac Republic game, but you could just feel how electric the crowd was. And what I thought was cool too, because I was sitting at the very top of the stadium uh, on the corner, the corner closest to where the state fair is. And you could see people kind of start to crowd like the fence when when the game got closer and word spread that it was going to penalty kicks and just when they when they advanced, I mean the roar of the crowd w- w- was incredible. So yeah, it was a huge event in Sacramento. It's probably the second coolest event and game I've ever covered. Um, the first would be the 49ers playoff run, but uh, I think those are apples and oranges. But I mean, just in Sacramento in general, it, it was one of the biggest wins in Sacramento sports history. Yeah, very cool. And just to put into context how big of a win that was, I mentioned only one non-MLS team has won the U.S. Open Cup. That was the Rochester Rhinos in 1999 when they beat the Colorado Rapids. The last non-MLS team to even make the U.S. Open Cup final, which is what Sacramento Republic did when they beat Sporting Kansas City that night, was Charleston Battery in 2008. I believe it's only happened... Three times that a non-MLS team has made the final since the MLS was founded, and that was Rochester in 1996, Rochester in 1999 when they won, and then Charleston Battery in 2008 when they lost the final 2-1 to one to D.C. United. So a real, I, not even once in a decade, it's, it's only happened a couple times in history here. Cameron, tell me a little bit more about Sacramento Republic FC, and you mentioned they haven't even been in USL for that long either. Right. They they were founded in 2014, and until last year, they were a consistent playoff team. I mean, they made the playoffs every single season um, until last year, and then they kind of retooled the roster and, and kind of did a, a rebuild in a sense. I mean, they got rid of, like, a lot of their players that had been around for a few years. And uh, just for people familiar, like, I started covering the team and helping out during the pandemic season where – it was shortened to 16 games and there was probably a total of 20 people inside the stadium, not including players. I mean, just team personnel and media. And I thought what was really cool about covering the team back then is, I mean, like I said, no one was there and you got to go right up on the field as far as like you, you sat right on the field so you could hear what everyone was saying and all, all the games were intense. And what was cool too is, I mean, just how the luck of the draw Sacramento ended up in a really favorable group and they had um, they were in Reno with Reno 1868, who has since folded. And that was their huge rival, and Portland Timbers too, and um, uh, I believe it was Seattle Sounders, like under other club or USL clubs. So a really favorable schedule, and I, they lost to Phoenix Rising that year um, on a handball, which was really controversial. Uh, it was it was late in the game, late in uh, overtime. And a ball was apparently punched in. Like uh, it, it came into the box, and the guy punched it in with his left uh, hand, and that's how Sacramento season ended 2020. But yeah, I mean, Sacramento Republic's been a pretty big deal here. It, it's it's risen in popular popularity for sure. I know there was a huge push to go to MLS, and it happened, and it didn't. And I mean, I don't know. It just it's it's tough because a lot of people were in favor of it, and then. There's a lot of people who kind of like the lower division soccer scene where, you know, it's not as competitive. And I know a lot of people got upset at me for my tweet saying Sacramento deserved an MLS team because they said it should be uh, regulation, kind of like how um, other countries do it, where 
I mean, you can get promoted or regulated. And, I mean, it's a good point because look at what Sac Republic did. They they took out three MLS teams in Los Angeles and, and sporting Kansas City and San Jose. I mean, the talent gap is interesting because, I mean, people were trying to put it in, like, uh, like other sports terms who don't really follow, like, soccer. And it'd be like if the Stockton Kings, who, who are the King G League affiliate, went out and beat, like, the Toronto Raptors and – and not the Warriors, like stuff like that. I mean, I know it's not, it's apples and oranges, like I said, but just to put in context how big of a deal this was, I mean, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's right. And that's the other fun part about this run is, is sort of that context. MLS has been expanding a lot in recent years. We've seen teams like Austin came into the league, I think, last year. Cincinnati's only been around for a couple of years. Charlotte FC joining the league to play this year. I mean, MLS has made no secret of the fact that they want to continue to expand. And for a long time, I think Sacramento Republic FC was sort of one of those teams that was on the block, that was on the line to get an MLS slot, and that deal sort of fell apart. So you had sort of that very recent context sort of playing into this team's run as they were sort of shut out of getting an MLS spot. They were taking on and beating all of these MLS teams. Right, and I would say this. Ron Burkle is probably public enemy number one in Sacramento. I mean, he was the person who really, it was his fault the deal came to a close. And Sacramento did have an MLS team. And on top of that, they had an NWSL team lined up as well. And so to have two professional teams, I mean, now to just think about the impact on the, on the city, I mean, not just from a, a soccer perspective, but I'm talking financially as well. I mean, where they would have built the stadium in the rail yards, which I know they still probably plan to build a stadium because you can't stay at Cal Expo forever. But, I mean, just how much of an impact financially would have helped Sacramento? I mean, it, there's no telling. It would have made millions and millions. And just kind of how the Kings did. I mean, when the Kings moved from the Thomas, which is just outside of Sacramento, to downtown Sacramento, I mean, it helped revitalize the downtown area. I mean, Obviously, a bunch of restaurants were built and shops. And when you go to an NBA game or if you travel, because a lot of people do, they spend money. They go to hotels. They go to restaurants. So Sacramento as a city was making a lot of money, and they still do off the king just because of just stuff like that. And so I think if you would have had a professional women's and men's team, I mean, it would have helped out the city a ton. So it, it was devastating that the deal fell apart. I mean, could it still happen? I don't know. I mean, it's possible, but I think it's going to be hard until they find someone who has a lot of money and who is willing to back it. So there you go. That's your footy 15 for the week, an excerpt from the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Thanks to Andrew Houghton for providing that awesome podcast and for providing that great excerpt. Footy 15 each, uh, I guess, every other week here on Nuanas Now is presented by Flanagan Motors. Flagon Motors, a staple of this community, probably supporting the soccer community for more than 50 years. Go check out Flanagan Motors there on uh, Stevens Avenue. Great inventory down there at Flanagan Motors. It's one of the richest used car markets we've ever seen, so go check out Flanagan Motors. And also thanks to Blackfoot Communications, Camby Tap House, and Zootown Sports Cards for their continued sponsorship of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. The Zootown Sports Cards having a great card and memorabilia show down there at the Double Tree on Saturday. So if you want to go check that out, uh, they're endlessly fun. I've actually had a table at two of them 
showing off some of my sports memorabilia and uh, sports collectibles. I won't be in town this weekend because I'm on my way to Portland this evening. But if you want to go check out the latest Zootown sports cards uh, memorabilia and collectibles show down there at the Doubletree, uh, please do it. Thanks to Zootown Sports Cards, Blackfoot Communications, and Canby Taphouse for their sponsorship of Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a podcast all about soccer uh, around the globe. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Sam Herter, Hero Sports and BetMGM joins us next to talk all things FCS and Big Sky Conference. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 